Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal. In today's IBG episode, In Between Guests, as we're approaching the spring rush here in central Virginia and pretty much around the country, depending on what region you're in, uh, 2021, there's three things that I really want to focus on in my business. Every year I have certain things that I focus on. I also have long-term goals that I focus on. I break down my business plans into five-year chunks and I chip away at that uh, basically every year. And you know, ending the year and starting the year, there's always different priorities that I try to make um, happen, you know, and come up with goals and plans accordingly within the ultimate five-year plans. So there's three top things that I'm focusing on in 2021. And I'm going to talk about that in this episode. Stay tuned. Here we go. Thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR, Nail Taliaferro. And on today's episode, another IBG in-between guest episode. I haven't done one of these in a little while, but we're in transition now, going from winter to spring. It's officially spring now, uh, the calendar year um, here in, in uh, the end of March, uh, March 21st to be exact. So what... Uh, what I do every year approaching the spring season, you know, we, we call it the spring rush, uh, depending on where your region is. And, you know, some of us are more consistent year round services and some of us, you know, we, we kind of are very seasonal in the wintertime. It's very slow. And then it kind of picks back up and spikes up in the spring. We call it the spring what rush because the grass starts growing, it's raining, everything's greening up and people are, are hopefully calling, emailing, messaging, coming out, you know, from their houses if they see you next door or something, asking for quotes for different things. So it gets really busy. It kind of goes from, um, you know, zero to 60, you know, real quick, because like I said, if you're coming off of a slow winter season, depending on where you are in the country and the world, uh, you all of a sudden, boom, it just takes off with all of this new work. So there's a lot of different things about that, but this, you know, ways of navigating that and different tips and tricks that I have for that. But this particular episode is more about the top three things that I'm going to focus on going into this season, how to make my business more profitable, how to keep things moving in the right direction, how to keep growing my company, and basically how to keep focusing on my main goals for my, for my business. Uh, and I break it down into five year chunks. And right now we're going into year seven. So I'm approaching, you know, that I'm in the second five year chunk. And my ultimate goal has been from day one to have two self-sufficient crews, meaning, you know, two crew leaders that can run both crews, you know, and they report to me and I follow up with them and obviously follow up with, you know, customers, focus on the customer service, getting sales, making sure every, all the equipment's running right. And we, we, the teams have what they need, all the tools and resources. Uh, but I'll be more in the background instead of constantly in the truck working on the business. I'll be working more. I mean, working in the business, I'll be working more on the business. So that's always my focus and my goal as I get older and, you know, physically not able to get out there by myself and, and mowing lawns all day, every day. It's always been my goal to have two crews so that they can help each other when needed, you know, weather wise, or, you know, we're short staff for one reason or another, or equipment breakdowns or whatever the reason is. Uh, it's good to have more than one of anything, whether it's more than one employee, more than one crew, as you grow and expand to different levels so that they can kind of help each other out. So that's instead of just having one crew or three crews, I think two crews is the sweet spot for me. And that's one of the things that uh, one of the three things I'm going to be focusing on this year is finding my sweet spot. 
Uh, so that the goal to get to two crews, self-sustaining crews, like I said, are breaking up into five different groups or five different five years, um, different five-year groups is what I was trying to say. There we go. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm getting all so pumped up, you know, getting ready for that spring rush, but it's already starting to get busy for me. And I'm really making these three things a priority has really helped me stay focused uh, on the, on making, achieving the ultimate goal of having two crews. So the first five years was to make sure that I built my business, obviously right from scratch that I actually have a business and I have my services that I want to offer kind of all honed in and, you know, we're efficient, we're productive, uh, we're profitable, all the pricing is right. And all of the behind the scenes stuff, making sure all the bookkeeping is down, the taxes, you know, all the different things, insurance and, and kind of preparing for employees. You know, what, what does that entail? How can, how do I find employees? How do I hire them, train them? You know, what, what is our branding uniforms, all that kind of, what's the equipment setup going to look like for, for a crew and all that, you know, what's the, how are we going to process payroll insurance, all that stuff I worked on and during that whole five year period. So by year five, I could hire uh, my first employee. And I hired a couple part-time employees because I wanted to make sure, you know, I didn't want to just hire one at a time and hope that that worked out with that one person and have to go back to the drawing board. I felt like it'd be better to hire a couple part-timers um, and, and you know, have workers comp for up to 40 hours, which is what my company uh, could and can uh, afford on average a week. So I can have two part-timers for 20 hours or one you know, full-time guy for 40 hours. But again, back to my philosophy, which again, this is a topic for another time to really dive into, but I've been saying to a lot of peers of mine recently that my philosophy is I'd rather have two than one. I'd rather have two guys for 20 hours and one guy for 40 hours because that puts all of my eggs in one basket and that one guy could call out or, you know, could get really ill or just decide to not want to work for me any longer. And then I'm stuck with two people's worth of work to do by myself. And I'm scrambling and I might make bad hiring decisions because I'm desperate and so on. And I've learned that over the years in my retail management career that you should always keep your now hiring sign up and you should always because you can always find room for good people, you know, because there's always going to be someone that starts to kind of fade off in the background or they just weren't working out the way you want to, whatever. You can always find room for good people. You'd rather try, you'd, you'd rather have the problem of finding room for good people than not wanting, than, find, than figuring out what to do with bad people, you know, like not being able to find good people. Uh, having good people and trying to find room for them and hours for them and squeeze things in here and there is a better problem to have, in my opinion. So that's been my philosophy to have two people at a time. So I hired a couple part-timers and kind of cycled, cycled through a few of them here and there uh, until I found a, a couple of good good folks. And, you know, they've come and gone. And as we know, in this industry, in the labor industry, working outside, especially all the different types of weather conditions and uh, different equipment that you're using. And sometimes it can be more or less labor intensive, shoveling mulch, dirt, whatever, different things other than just mowing lawns. It, it could be very labor intensive. And even just mowing lawns in hundred degree days can be very brutal in the middle of the summer. So it's not for everyone. So it, you're going to go through employees. It's just the way it is. It's the nature of the beast, no matter how great of a person or a company you are, it's just not always going to work out for everybody. But the goal is to obviously minimize that as much as possible, find the best people and so on. So Anyway, I digress and get off onto little tangents, but that's that's a focus that I had last year that again, or year five and working that way in the last couple of years is to, you know, I hired employees and really trying to build that first crew. I have a good team right now, but I need to find that crew leader to complete crew number one so that I can start focusing on crew number two. The other part of, crew, of getting into crew number two is even if I had a crew leader right now, I don't have enough... Uh, I don't have enough work, enough like weekly lawns, I, I would say, because that are, for those of you that don't know, my business structure is all lawn maintenance. So we do everything, everything grass. We mow, fertilize, weed control, aerating, seeding in the fall, take care of leaves, obviously, throughout the fall. Um, you know, we do we do mulch in the spring uh, to get, get people's mulch beds cleaned up and fresh mulch down throughout the year. We'll take care of weeds in the beds if people want to pay extra for that add on service. Every week we're there pulling and spraying weeds, which doesn't take too long if we take care of it every week. And we also trim bushes uh, throughout the year, two or three times a year, depending on what, what the needs are and what the client's looking for. So basically all maintenance. We don't do any kind of landscape design or landscape maintenance above and beyond trimming shrubs and, and freshening up mulch beds and putting down fresh mulch. You know, we're not creating mulch beds. We're not planting and all that kind of stuff. And we don't do any hardscaping or irrigation. So it's all lawn maintenance for us, but it's pretty much a complete package for our clients 
other than, like I said, uh, irrigation, or if they want to get stuff done, like a patio installed or fixed or something like that, um, or they want to, you know, put in on a new landscape bed or something like that. And they want to design. Then I have a lot of folks that I'm friend that I've become friends with over the time, over the, uh, the years, some peers and mentors of mine locally that I can refer them to. And that's kind of more of their focus is the landscaping or hardscaping versus the lawn maintenance. Um, and even if they do a little lawn maintenance, we have like kind of gentleman agreements and things like that. And they're kind of in certain areas that I'm not and vice versa. So they're not looking to, to necessarily steal those people's uh, lawn maintenance. You know, they'd rather they're happy to get the landscape uh, installs and hardscaping and focus on that. That's for the higher profits and more enjoyable for them. So they, they focus on that. So I have all that, um, you know, taken care of, too. So just by, by breaking that down a little bit, for those of you that didn't know what my business structure is, so that's that's my business structure. So even if I were to have a crew leader right now at this moment, if I found one and they could run the crew, you know, four days a week. So we, we, we mow lawns four days out of the five. They give us the fifth day for any rain makeup or any of the landscape maintenance that we have to do o- over time, as well as, you know, allowing me to, to spray weeds and put down fertilizer and so on, which that's another slight topic there, a different topic that we'll dive into later on um, at, in, in the in another episode about having training my employees for different things. And I, I'm going to have some ideas for that so I don't have to spray and, and, and treat the yards by myself or on my own anymore and things like that. So look forward to those that episode later on down the road. Um, but basically, even if I had a crew leader, like I said, I, I don't have enough lawns to, you know, I still have four, I have four full days worth of work, but I don't have enough for a fifth day per se, so that we could go into a second crew or a sixth day or whatever. So that that's obviously step number one, in addition to trying to find a crew leader, but I'm always on the hunt for that crew leader. So that's honestly not even part of my top three goals because it's nothing really new or something that I'm really hunkering down to focus on right now. I have some ideas for the guys that I currently have, uh, as well as I'm just always on the hunt. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to continue what I've been doing and tweak things here and there to continue that search for the crew leader. But in the meantime, the other top three things that I'm going to be focusing on are increasing advertising, finding my sweet spot and going to service agreements only. So what does that mean for those things? Well, let's, let's start with, you know, this is in no necessarily priority order. I didn't think that, that, that detailed about it before I started this podcast, but Increase advertising. Basically, over the last seven years, I've barely done any kind of advertising. You know, year one and two was when I did the most advertising because I had no business. I had no work. I was trying to create something from nothing. So I was doing anything and everything. I tried all kinds of advertising from flyers, postcards, door hangers, uh, Facebook and other social media, things like that. Um, You know, but word of mouth is pretty much the biggest and best way of, of advertising, but until you get your foot in the door somewhere, until you start working, there really is no word of mouth to generate. But once you start getting into a neighborhood, you know, you start taking care of some lawns, you do a really great job. That's where you start kind of spreading organically in those neighborhoods because people see the good job you do and they, and they come up, they ask you for a quote or they contact the customer that you were at because it's their neighbor or friend or whatever. They ask them for your information so they can contact you for a quote and so on. So that's by far the number one best way to uh, grow your business. The number one way of advertising is word of mouth. But again, it's one of those things that it's hard to do if you're not already in a neighborhood, there's no word of mouth. So you kind of have to build up that branding and try to find ways to um, kind of, um, I wouldn't say organically, just really how to maybe how to boost and, and find ways to get to generate that word of mouth, even when you're not in a particular neighborhood. So what I mean by that is, and this is part of the increased advertising, is one of the things that I've started to do uh, recently, and, and it unfortunately wasn't as successful because of COVID, um, the pandemic that we have been having since 2020, uh, I decided to invest in some advertising in the local community because one time I was at a local event where I live a neighborhood event. And, you know, back before pandemic times when we were all gathering and having good times and having parties all the time. And there was some sort of summer thing. And it was, you know, like a nice uh, common area uh, where you could, you know, there's volleyball nets and, you know, all kinds of games and playing catch and, you know, beanbag toss or corn, cornhole, whatever, you know, you call it from your, your area. Um, there was music and food and drinks and kids and families. Everybody was having a good time. But most of that stuff was provided for free or, you know, we had to pay a small, it was free, but we had to like put a deposit down and then we got a ticket 
uh, for that. And if we didn't show up for that event, then we didn't, then they just kept our money because they had to pay for the, for the catering and all that stuff, a certain amount to guarantee, uh, which I understand that from other experiences that I've done for the community for uh, promoting different events, like the GIE rally and so on. Um, the caterers want a guaranteed amount. And, and if they don't get that amount, cause they have to make that food. So they don't want to waste all this food because like a whole bunch of people don't show up. So someone, the cost has to, someone has to eat that cost. So, uh, so the, the association, you know, the homeowner association charge us all that deposit. But when we show up to get our food, then we, we get that deposit back. So, so basically it's free is the point, um, a free event. And a lot of things were provided by local people in the community. Like, you know, they had water and like lemonade and iced tea or something provided and you get your cups. And when I get back and sit down, I'm drinking my what water or whatever I was drinking. I look at the cup, you know, disposable cups, but it's got a real estate agent, uh, contact information, you know, a local real estate agent late, it got, it's got her face on there and you know, it's all like uh, all wrapped on the cup. And I was like, wow, that's genius. All these people are sitting here with this cup in their hand. They're looking at this real estate lady. And if they ever are in the market for selling or buying a house, they might be thinking of this lady instead of going on a, on a search for somebody. And, and, and then I, there was other, there's like a, a big lawn care company in my area that takes care of that HOA and a lot of HOAs, a lot of homeowner associations, like all the common areas and things like that. And all the zero maintenance sections of those, those neighborhoods, um, though this large company would also partially sponsor certain things. And I would see their name on a sign, um, at, at an event, or I would see them in, in a cat, the catalog, the mailer that we would kind of get that would just give us our little residential updates and whatnot, you know, um, different parties and events, or, you know, don't do this or don't do that. Or we've had reports of this or that, or, you know, just all kinds of different things. And there's little spots for advertising too. And I would see them in there too. And it just, it just made me think of how, what a different approach and how beneficial that would be to support your local community um, in that way. You know, yes, it's an investment, obviously, but you're, it's a way of branding, getting your, your name out there for people to see so that they think of you, hopefully, when they are in need of the services that you offer, whether it be real estate, landscaping, lawn care, wh whatever it is. Uh, so that, that kind of got me thinking about that. And then coincidentally, I started getting offers from some, some of my customers. So some of the, the customers um, that I've had for a while would send me emails about different events that they were, uh, you know, in charge of or helping out with, and they were looking for sponsors. Um, you know, somebody was, uh, wanted um, their softball team, you know, their daughter's softball team, she wanted to, to support them. So she sent me and I'm sure tons of other people, these, these uh, opportunities to sponsor and you get your logo on the sign in the outfield and all that. And that just was like, wow, this is perfect timing. This is, this is exactly what I was looking for. And it's the neighborhoods that I'm already in, not necessarily the neighborhood that I live in, but the neighborhoods that I'm, that we're working in, that we have our routes in, that we're in every week, you know, day in and day out, you know, sometimes more than one day in each week that we're in these, these neighborhoods and what a great way to give back and to continue that branding. So not only will they see our truck and trailer and, uh, eventually trucks and trailers and whatever, they will not only see us in the neighborhood driving by and or working, but they'll also see us on a, a sign on their, the local softball team, or they'll see us at, and, you know, sp helping out with some other event locally, and that's just more, just another touch, another way to keep you in the front of people's minds. So I did that. And, and also be, the other thing about that is I get a lot of work. The word of mouth for me comes from Facebook. I'm not on these, these closed, these private Facebook groups in these, in these uh, HOAs because you have to live there. But my customers will, you know, refer me to people that either just moved in or maybe they're looking for a new service or they just can't mow their own lawn anymore for one reason or another. And they just ask on the Facebook groups. That's what they're for mainly is to, to, to gossip and to, to share thoughts and ideas and to look for recommendations for things. So people will say, Hey, looking for a lawn care company, who do you guys recommend? And obviously there'll probably be more than one person direct that, that are recommended, but all of my customers will recommend me. And the more customers that I have, uh, the, the more I, I get recommended. So certain neighborhoods, I'm a very dominant force for being rec for being recommended. Like I've actually had people say, man, like everybody recommended you. So I figured I got to give you a call. It's almost like peer pressure in a way. Uh, so that, so when, so one of the, the, the softball team, for example, that customer, that lady lives in one of those neighborhoods. So even though I don't do like, you know, I only do, I, I, I aerate and seed her, I aerate and seed her lawn um, every, every, uh, 
every fall, but I don't mow her lawn or do anything else like that. I've tried, I've offered it and, but she's very loyal, which is fine. I don't try to, I don't want to take business from anybody, you know, unless they're unhappy, then they have every right to look elsewhere, but they're happy with the guy that mows their lawn and they're loyal to them. And they, who's probably in my shoes, you know, or I was probably in his shoes at once upon a time where I'm starting out or whatever. And I, you know, and, or I just, I'm just solo and I'm just, you know, I appreciate the loyalty and all that. So, you know, but he doesn't, but he doesn't aerate or seed or some of these other things that, that, um, that I see other, cause she's got another company that, that does the fertilization. And so some people are like that. They'd rather just have a couple different kind of quote unquote specialized companies to do these things, um, for them versus just have one company do it all. And then some people only want one person to do it all versus having all these different things that they have one invoice. So there's different mentalities out there, but for whatever reason, you know, she, she just wants me to aerate and seed and, you know, she pays the price needs that I, that I require and we do a good job. She's happy, uh, but she doesn't want any other services. But the point is if, if she offered her, the guy that takes care of her lawn and whatever else that mows her lawn, um, and he, and if she offered him the same thing and he doesn't take her up on that offer, and even if he does, more likely than not, when someone is recommend, is looking for recommendations for mowing services or lawn care in general, she's probably more apt to recommend me. I mean, if, if her lawn guy, the guy's mowing her lawn, is also did participate, she might also recommend him um, or she might just recommend him over me. But if he doesn't do it, then definitely she's going to recommend me because I'm the one that, you know, is, is, is helping her daughter's softball team out really, you know what I mean? So it's like you, you, you kind of get like the, the mom housewife, um, you know, happy homeowner thought process mentality. And she, she's going to sing your praises, you know, even though I don't do that many services for her, the fact that I just participated in, um, you know, helping out her daughter's softball team. Now, like I said, I did that uh, over a year ago before 2020, I did at the end of 2019 to get ready for the 2020 spring season, which would be the same time frame now. And COVID happened, the pandemic pandemic hit and they shut everything down. So there were no softball games or anything. So that was unfortunate timing. Uh, one of those black swan events that you cannot predict out of your control. You just have to learn how to navigate it and prepare and, and keep moving forward and not panic and freak out and shut everything down. And, and, you know, and, and suffer from it or, or go in the opposite direction. So I just took it on the chin. It's just lost money, but I went ahead and I sponsored that again this year, knowing that things are getting, getting better and things are, are, are more opened up now and so on and so on. So I did that, but that's, so that's just one, one of way of advertising and, and just kind of gives you some more background and backstory of things I've done in the past and my mindset for that. But until that, I haven't really done any kind of advertising over the years because I was by myself and I kind of built up that good client base of like 40 or so weekly clients mowing, you know, trimming shrubs a couple times a year, uh, started getting, you know, got my fertilization license, started doing all that. So I didn't want to overwhelm myself with any more clients than I could handle. I wanted to make sure that I was 100% serviceable for those clients that I had. So I, I still focused on branding and all that. And I still constantly had people contacting me every year. And, but that I could afford to pick and choose, raise my rates, kind of get rid of the bottom 20%, you know, the people that maybe were too far away or never paid on time or just gave me a hard time for this or that. Nickel and dime me complained about the silliest things or whatever. They're just, you know, maybe one of those, you know, there's different reasons why you have. Uh, clients that you just don't want to have anymore. There's many reasons. So all those reasons, you know, I would, I would get rid of those people and then I would uh, switch them out, replace them with these, with the right clients that contacted me, you know, every year I would always kind of, uh, it'd be the revolving, revolving door there, dissolve the bottom so that I can, you know, uh, fill up the top and all that. So that always was a thing naturally and organically from word of mouth and like from Facebook, like I said, people recommending me on these Facebook groups and so on, but I never paid any money for advertising for many years in between the beginning to now. So last year was the first year that I started advertising, paying for advertising again, like I said, getting, you know, the, the, um, the, the promoting, um, different events like charity events, as well as the softball team, get my logo on their sign in the outfield and so on, those kind of things. And, um, getting postcards last year again and getting, get, getting those out in certain neighborhoods, uh, which was something I did year one. So I went back to that. And now this year I'm kind of switching gears instead of doing the postcards, I'm focusing more on Facebook and Google my business. If you don't know what Google my business is, just 
Google, Google My Business, ironically, and it'll give you all the information there. But basically, it's it's Google's version of Facebook um, where you can create your own little kind of mini site where you can upload photos, posts, talk about, you know, uh, list all your services, pricing, all your contact information, links to websites and all other kind of stuff so that you have another destination for Google basically to be better. So if you have a Google My Business without paying a dime, this is free, just like Facebook, without paying to boost anything, you create a Google My Business account and they verify that you're a real business and all that stuff. You go through the whole process, which is very easy and free. Then Google by default is going to promote you and give you more SEO, search engine optimization, because it's just going to help Google be a better resource. Because think about it. The more times people click on the on the Google search bar and type in lawn care and a bunch of Google My Business, like legitimate businesses come up with ratings and reviews and uh, people, you know, have all the right contact information they get and they click on these thing, on these links and they and they get, uh, you know, they, they end up getting a quote and they go with this service or whatever, that's going to make it a better user experience for Google. And then they're going to be more apt to continue using Google and potentially click on ads that Google has obviously, you know, all over the place and at the top of the screen of the, of the page and all that stuff. So that's just going to make Google look better and have the users, more users using Google. So if they're just, if you're, if you don't, if there's not very many options or results to come up for lawn care in that particular area, because no one has a Google My Business or anything else that's really uh, identifiable for search engine optimization, like a website or Facebook page or anything like that, then that's, that's just bad for the user. The user isn't really able to find any kind of lawn care company that they're looking for through Google. So by default, the more people that that are using Google My Business and doing whatever they can to get, you know, websites and Facebook and all these different versions, all these different methods of and platforms to improve their search engine optimization, SEO, that's always going to benefit Google and Google's going to uh, basically reward you for that by constantly putting you up in the top of the search. Now you can boost that stuff. You can pay them just like Facebook. You can pay them to boost certain posts or just to boost your page in general so that it stays at the top for a certain time, certain portion of time. So no matter what happens and when, when, where, why, or how many people are on there, you're always going to be at the top. I'm sure you guys have seen this before. If you're on Amazon or, or Googling anything or whatever, search wherever you're searching anything for within a website or, you know, Google, you'll see us, you'll see the exact same uh, things in that category that are always advertised like true green or something, you know, if they're, if they're boosting that post, because it's just always going to stay there so that they don't get missed. You know, you don't have to scroll down to find that particular thing. So you can pay for that. And I'm sure there's some benefits there. I haven't done that yet, uh, for Google, my business, but I am planning on it. I, I had a hundred dollar free credit that I haven't used yet. So I've been working on going through that and getting that all set up and uh, so I can get to start boosting some things and, and utilize that free hundred dollar credit that I that I have to see if I can get any better results. But in the meantime, my Google My Business has been up and running for the past two years now. And I'm always basically what I do, I have a Facebook business page and a Google My Business, which are basically almost the same type of format and mentality, but they're they're obviously two different platforms. But I'll upload the same thing at the same time. So I'll I'll think of a picture and a post or or I mean the caption, you know, for the post or whatever. And I'll post it on the exact, at the exact same time. I'll go on Google My Business, post it with all the stuff, and then I'll go onto Facebook. Uh, my business Facebook page and I'll post the exact same thing. So this way it makes it a little bit easier for me to streamline. And yes, people might see both, uh, but there's most of the time people are going to see one or the other. So I just want to have the same consistent message as well as just make it easier, more streamlined for me to put the same thing up instead of trying to come up with all these different things constantly, like one thing for Google, my business, one thing for Facebook and so on, and just keep, you know, doing all these different things that makes it more difficult for me and potentially more confusing, uh, for, for the customers looking, looking for this information and, and potentially finding all your stuff. So that's kind of an avenue I'm going there as well as I'm going to be, I already have started boosting my Facebook posts. Uh, which is something I've dabbled in here and there, um, you know, f f just to kind of experiment and see. 
Uh, but this year I'm really kind of going all in and, and spending a little bit more money, have a specific budgets in mind and trying more things out. You know, every year Facebook keeps, you know, upgrading and changing things and making things better and better. Uh, so I always try to take advantage of whatever new feature is offered. And even within the boosting post, there's just more things that they've more comprehensive things that they've come up with for boosting your posts. So I'm working on that kind of stuff. Like that, you know, you can, you can boost an actual post, you can boost your page, you can do this, you can do that. You can focus on certain things. Do you want people to contact you? Do you want people to share your posts? Like they've got it all figured out. I mean, you know, right. They're stalking us constantly. I mean, on these social media platforms on your phone and any device that you're searching things on, they're constantly analyzing that. And then they're giving you ads according to what you're looking up and researching and blah, blah, blah. So they just get all your information. So they know exactly like who's going to share, who's more likely to share your post versus who's more likely to give you a call um, or, you know, click on a, um, send a message or email on your post. Like even down to the point where I think there was an option of um, that you can pick, do you want people to call you or do you want people to message you? Like there's two separate categories there. Apparently they have that dialed in that these people are more, they know that there's certain people that are more likely to call and certain people that are more likely to just Facebook message you directly from that post and so on. So there's really a lot of, a lot of variety and, uh, and versatility now with that. And Google, my business seems to be coming along with some similarities there. And I'm trying to kind of get that all figured out so I can have both of those things boosted for the spring so I can be out there front and center up at the top of Google's page and all over Facebook and keep my SEO search engine optimization up there at the top so that when people are searching for lawn care in my area, I'm at, I'm the top or one of the top, uh, which I normally am without doing these things. So that's why another reason why I haven't spent too much money doing that over the years, because I normally have been because I just constantly post stuff on Facebook and um, I started doing Google My Business, you know, a couple years back and so on. So that all helps keep me at the top anyway. Um, and there's not a whole lot of guys in my area that are even doing that, to be perfectly honest. So there's not a, a huge selection um, of it's it's basically just me. It's like me and the other top three, you know, companies that are just being repeated throughout the whole first page, if that makes sense. So like we'll be right at the top, like our main thing, like a website or whatever, and then it'll just trickle down and we'll keep we'll keep leapfrogging each other. And then I'll show up four more, you know, four more lines down when my Facebook thing will show up and the next guys, you know, um, Instagram will show up or, you know, and we'll, we'll leapfrog a couple more down and, and my Google, my business or what, you know, like, so it's, it's all like the same group on that first page because we just have so many different, um, platforms that we're on to keep our search engine optimization boosted that it's just constantly overlapping. Like it just keeps showing the same things, just different, different platforms to see. Oh, I, they have a Facebook. Oh, they got a website. Oh, they got this. Oh, they got that. And they can just click on them and they can just look from there and they can just go, you know, figure out what, which one of those they, they like the best. Maybe they're not on Facebook or whatever the deal is. And they can just click on whatever they pr prefer, or they can click on all of them, you know, that there's just a lot of different things there. So you just never really know, um, what people are going to do and what, what they're going to, um, you know, like the most. So you want to make sure that you have all those options out there. So that's, that's basically what, what I've been, what I'm doing with Facebook and Google, my business. And, uh, it's been working out very well so far. And I, and I expect that to continue down that road. Uh, so that's the advertising that I'm doing this year for one of the things that I'm focusing on for my business. All right, well, let's take a short break and then we'll get back to finding my sweet spot and then going to service agreements only. Do you want to save time and energy while increasing profits? Make your truck do the work with TruckMate. TruckMate attaches to any standard pickup truck hitch with no modifications. Remove the tailgate and turn your truck into a material dispensing monster. With the push of a button, you can pull material like mulch, stone, and topsoil from the truck bed and convey it in either direction directly into a wheelbarrow in seconds. Now you can have one man take one truck to knock out some of the small jobs in no time. The conveyor can also be removed Move from the tarp roller, allowing you to unload any material right onto the ground. This could be handy for dumping debris or firewood deliveries. TruckMate can pull more weight than even your truck can hold. Plus, you can still attach a plate-mounted hitch to pull a trailer if needed. Think of all the year-round uses for this truck attachment to make your business more productive and save your back in the process. This is perfect for small residential lawn and landscape businesses. Head over to mulchmateusa.com and save $400 on 
truckmate with the promo code LCR. And of course, the link will be in the show notes. LCR not only uses the truckmate, but he gives it his highest endorsement. Hey guys, it's Marty. Let me take a moment and tell you about the Ramp Rack. This is a pickup insert that eliminates the need to pull a trailer just to haul your equipment. It easily installs on any 1,500 to 3,500 pickup long or short bed, extending the usable space of your bed by two feet. The Ramp Rack's most popular model for landscapers is the PU200. It has rear window protection and a removable shelf for push mowers and gas cans. You're going to love this. The Ramp and Dovetail have a weight capacity of 2,000 pounds. Made in Maryland, it comes powder-coated and, of course, built to last for years. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Head over to therampwrack.com and, of course, save 10% with the promo code LCR. That's therampwrack.com, and of course, we'll throw the link in the show notes. LCR not only uses the Ramp Rack, but he gives it his highest endorsement. All right, guys, I really did just have a sip of water there. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was talking and talking there. When, when uh, On these IBG episodes, when you don't have a guest to kind of go back and forth with, you definitely do need a sip of water to, to, to keep a... a long, what could be a long story short, right? So anyway, moving on to uh, finding my sweet spot. So what does that mean? Finding my sweet spot. I've said this also recently to a lot of folks on social media and my peers, local peers and some mentors that it's all about finding your sweet spot. I think everyone has their own sweet spot. What we can so quickly get caught up on, even if you're not on social media, just in your area, seeing all the different setups, trucks and trailers, all different types and things everywhere, um, and you know, like num- number of guys and all that kind of stuff, different type. you can really get caught up in kind of like feeling like that's what you need to do in order to be successful or for your business to be whatever you want to be. And that's not always the case. Most of the times it's never the case. Like you, you usually don't like, I would, I would arguably say there's no business that's a hundred percent exactly the same, unless it's the same person creating the same business twice, like maybe in a different town or they sold one, started over whatever. But I mean, like if you don't know each other, you're not the same person creating the same business. It's really hard to replicate the exact same thing and have it work the exact same way. Have it be just as successful because everyone's different. Everyone has different strengths and weaknesses. Everyone has different goals and different challenges. They live in different areas. It's really hard to align all those things. So just by default, you should not try to replicate someone's business, exact, someone else's business exactly. You can definitely take things away. A lot of tips and tricks from different people, different types of equipment, setups, how many people they have working for them, what types of accounts do they have, types of services that they're offering and so on. Definitely if you have a peer, uh, if you have peers or a mentor to really help you that's been doing this for maybe longer than you or just at a higher level than you, definitely take what they have to say for for what it's worth and see if maybe there's something there that you can incorporate into your business and so on. But don't think that that their way is the only way and that, that you have to do that, you know, because you can get really caught up in a negative frame of mind and just really spiral downhill, uh, beating yourself up thinking that because you don't have three trucks or you don't have this or you don't have that, you know, you're, you're going to fail or you're not as successful. Oh man, look at this guy. He went from one truck to three trucks in one year. What the heck am I doing wrong? Like there could be, you know, some, some questions there. Like maybe there are some things that you could be doing better. Um, but there's also, you know, maybe that person's in debt up to their eyeballs and you have no idea. They're, they're, they're looking like they're, they're, uh, a big shot and they're the man, but meanwhile, they don't have any money in the bank and they're just living paycheck to paycheck. Basically, they can barely, you know, they're taking out loans to pay their guys or something like crazy stuff. I've heard crazy stories over the years. Uh, so you don't want to be like that just to look cool and just to look like you're the biggest, baddest company. Yes. Impressions do matter. Uh, first impression means, means everything when you when you pull up to a nice neighborhood that you want to be in. Um, with a really rundown, beat up pickup truck, you know, and, and trailer, it's going to be harder to sell that in a lot of cases, but you still can, you, everyone has to start somewhere. I started with a Jeep compass and no trailer. So, I mean, we all have to start somewhere, but again, the quality of work is probably going to be a little bit different than when you're able to save up and build up to the point where you can get a, 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 a nice professional looking truck and a nice professional looking trailer and nice professional equipment. 
Um, all those things, you know, give you a good impression of branding. And, you know, a lot of people are going to feel more comfortable with you being in front of their house and on your, on their property and so on versus rolling up, you know, in like the worst case scenario with like, you know, holes in your clothes and cigarette hanging out your mouth. And, you know, the truck's blowing smoke all through the neighborhood as you're driving through it. And, you know, everything looks like it's about to fall apart and all that. And super light. Like, that's just, I'm just painting a really extreme picture for probably some people that have started that way. And like I said, you got to do what you got to do, but that is not a, a long-term strategy. For one thing, all your stuff's going to break down constantly or eventually. And another thing, you're only going to get certain types of clients that way is, is basically the moral to that story. And if you want more high-end clients, then you're going to need to look more high-end. But that doesn't mean you go into debt. That doesn't mean you have to get all this stuff and be the biggest, baddest, and whatever. You just work your way up to it. You know, Have some goals. Figure out maybe some, some ways and some tips and tricks that maybe they did that were successful. But again, at the end of the day, find out what works for you and don't get caught up in what everyone else is doing. Take something away from different people, different companies, things you see on social media, especially social media can is really a gift and a curse because you have no idea usually what the backstory is on these people on social media, unless you've been following them for a long period of time. But if you just stumble upon someone and you don't go scrolling through like 50 different posts or a hundred posts or something deep or 300 posts deep to see their origin story and how they got started and see that they started with a Jeep compass, you know what I mean? Then you'd have no idea. You look at my social media, you see, I've got what I have and you think, oh my gosh, you know, this guy's got a 3,500, you know, truck, um, you know, nice size and seven by 16 enclosed trailer, all this nice Toro mowers and equipment, like what in the world? Like, you know, you think that happened overnight maybe, but it didn't. I started out and out of the back of my Jeep compass with a push mower, a Ryobi hand trimmer and blower from Lowe's that I use as a homeowner that I started my business part-time with. And then I quickly started to, uh, outgrow that stuff and focus on what's going to be more efficient. I got a 48 inch walk behind Toro mower. I got a five by 10 single axle open trailer and I traded in my Jeep compass for a F-150, a Ford F-150. So I was able to, to kind of quickly go full time and offer a variety of services with the right equipment so that I could be as fast and efficient as possible versus push mowing and using a little baby hand trimmer, I mean, hand blower and a homeowner hand trimmer that just wouldn't hold up to the wear and tear of all of the, the commercial, all of the amount of work every day, every week. So we all start somewhere, you know, and on social media, it's really hard to spell that out every single time. You know, you're only seeing the most current posts and stories and videos. You're not really, you don't know the full picture. Same thing with YouTube, you know, all that YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Unless you go back down the rabbit hole, it's hard to see that. You only see the tip of the iceberg. So it's definitely difficult for people that don't know and they're trying to start out and they just see all this be these beautiful setups, the dream setups. And that's good to give them some goals and everything and maybe give you some ideas and tips and tricks, but not to get caught up in thinking that that's the only way. Your way is the only way. The way that you want to do it, that you figure out for you, your sweet spot, that is the only way. So you need to find that. And, that. and that's what I've been focusing on. Again, it's easy to get caught up in other people's things and, and what I think I need and don't need and all that. But I'm really focusing in honing in on what's going to work best for my area, for my personal life, my mindset, my stress levels, the amount of money I want to make, the amount of crews, the size of my business that I want to have, and the type of work that we do in the neighborhoods that we're in and all that stuff. So that's really what makes my decisions and, and where I'm coming from. And if you follow me on YouTube or Instagram, if you haven't, please go at Long Care Rookie on Instagram, LCR on YouTube uh, or Long Care Rookie. It'll all come up and just check out, you know, my little bit of my story. You see my setup as it's evolved over the years and where I'm at right now. So I don't have to go all into that in this particular episode. But there's reasons why I do all of the things that I do and why I purchase the equipment and, and the different type of setups that I have because it's all figuring out my sweet spot and really honing it in and really focusing on certain services, getting that route density, which is another topic for another day, and really focusing on that. So that's what finding my, finding my sweet spot is, uh, and hopefully you can understand that and maybe take something away from that yourself. And that's kind of what I'm going to keep doing now is really uh, honing that in, making some big purchases and different things that I need for, for, for me. Like, for example, I will say this because I haven't really talked about it or even showed it on YouTube yet at the time of recording this, but I just recently got Truckmate, 
which is uh, if you go to mulchmate.com, you know, links are in the show notes. You can check that out. You'll, you'll get discounts by using code LCR as well. If you are interested in buying any of the things on there, uh, mulchmate, truckmate, cartmate, dumpmate, all these different mates, hitchmate, all these different things that this guy up in Maryland named Nick Carlson, a land, a local, uh, a fellow landscaper who had a multi-million dollar business and decided to, he was very passionate about creating ways to make his job and his crews and hours in the industry, uh, jobs easier. So, uh, he just innovated some different things like the mulch mate, truck mate, and so on cart mate. And they're really game changers. There's nothing like it in the industry. And it's, it's all focused more on mulch and that kind of like hauling different types of material, which we know is backbreaking labor intensive stuff that we have to do either just in the spring or all year round and so on. So he's really come out with these different products. So I got truck mate, which is a smaller version of the mulch mate mulch mate goes on the back of dump trucks and it can process, you know, 10 to 20 yards of, of material, whether it be mulch, dirt, rocks, so on and so forth. And truck mate is just a smaller version of that for a regular heavy duty pickup truck, you know, like, uh, like my Ram 3500 pickup truck with an eight foot bed. It's got over 7,000 pound payload. So I can put, you know, four yards, up to four yards of mulch in there. I've got wood sides up on there. So it's kind of like, uh, like, you know, getting a dump bed insert for, for your truck. Um, you know, like making like a mini dump truck out of your heavy duty pickup truck, but it's, you know, it's not, it's not as big and bulky and as gas guzzling as getting a dump truck and driving that around every day and pulling a trailer or whatnot. I mean, that has its purpose too. But for me, I do more lawn maintenance than anything else. So I'm just driving through neighborhoods, stop and go, stop and go, stop and go mowing lawns all day, every day with the other stuff sprinkled in different times of the year. So there's no need for me to get a massive dump truck. I've got all these small HOA cookie cutter yards that have young trees and bushes, nothing too crazy. Some people uh, do live in some older sections or just uh, are up against the woods where there's a lot more leaves, a lot more trees, that kind of stuff. Um, So there's some more cleanups involved there for different times of the year. But ultimately, I don't need a big dump truck. You know, like we can easily knock out a couple of shrub trimming jobs um, during the week and all it all fits in the back of my eight foot truck bay with the you know four foot side or two foot sides up to extend basically the whole side to like four feet high. Uh, you can do that you know easily fill that up with with brush. We can get four yards of mulch in there or less. And truck mate allows you to easily unload this material. So there's a tarp that you pull out. So there's basically a roller and a conveyor. It's like a two-part system and it goes, attaches to where your tailgate attaches in the back of your truck. You take your tailgate off and you put this basically in its place. It goes into your hitch receiver. So that's where all the weight is supported on your hitch receiver of the actual unit itself. And then as the material is coming all over it, the weight is supported by the, by the hitch receiver. So you pull that tarp out, you know, you lay it out to the length of your bed and you put whatever material you either want to, un- whatever material you want to unload, whether it be debris at the dump or mulch or dirt or whatever. And then there's a conveyor that you can flip, that you flip down and the conveyor shoots the material from one side or the other, depending on what side of the truck you're on. Uh, if you have two people at one time, then they can put their wheelbarrows on either side and they can, you know, one person fills up, next person fills up, boom, and they keep it going. So you can go tandem like that as well. But you just push the button and it pulls the tarp towards the back of the truck, which moves the material towards the conveyor. It falls down to the conveyor and the conveyor shoots it to the side right into your, your wheelbarrow. So there's no shoveling or pitchforking or anything like that that's necessary. So that saves a lot of time and labor because that's one of the most labor intensive things about you know, shoveling rocks and dirt and mulch out of a, you know, dump bed or pickup truck or whatever. Because even with a dump insert or a dump truck, when you lift up the bed, it's all, you know, kind of pours out and makes a mess. You still got to kind of pitchfork it out and you still got to climb up in there towards the end and, and kind of get that material because it kind of settles down in there and you you, you just kind of chip away at it. It's it's a little more tedious, even with a dump bed insert. I know because I've I've uh, worked with other peers and mentors that have dump trucks and dump trailers and it's not the perfect solution. And I'm not saying truck made is a perfect solution either. Uh, especially not for everyone, but for me, it is the best solution. It's better for, uh, better than getting a dump insert, better than getting a dump truck. It's more affordable than all of those things. It's it's more expensive than a dump insert, but it's something I can year, use year round and not monopolize my truck bed because with a dump bed insert, it fills up. That's, you know, you have the dump bed insert is in your, is in your bed and it fills up your whole bed. And that's all you can do. If you put anything in your bed, you have to get it out of your bed. Like if you put any kind of supplies or tools or whatever 
in your in the bed temporarily to get from point A to point B, you have to make sure it's out of there before you lift the dump bed to dump material or whatever, obviously, because then it's all going to dump out. So the reason why I say that is because as I try to be as versatile as possible, get the most out of the equipment that I have, the truck that I have as possible versus having a million different pieces of equipment all over the place that you got to find more storage for and this, that, and the other thing. I try to get the most out of what I, what I have. Uh, so that's why I love, you know, the whole Multimate philosophy because that's, they're all add-ons to what you're already using. It's an add-on to your dump truck or dump trailer. It's an add-on to your pickup truck. It's an add-on to your, you know, cart mates and add-on to your mower. Like all these things are just add-ons to units that you already have, equipment that you already have. You don't have to go and buy a separate piece of equipment now for it. Uh, so that's, that's, that's where my thinking is and has always been for the last five years, kind of by default, because I didn't have a whole lot of money to invest. I was really starting from scratch and was just trying to build this, this business as best as I could, as profitable as I could, as debt free as I could. So I had to use what I had, you know, the most that I could use it. And then when I was ready to invest, I would invest in the best. And that's still my philosophy to this day. So TruckMate is my newest, biggest purchase going into mulch season. I knew that I could use it for that. But then going all year round, I look at it as a year round thing, more so than a dump insert, because what I'm planning on doing is getting a, a 200 gallon tank, spray tank, just to put water in. We call it a nurse tank, uh, a nurse tank. It's not where you're going to, I'm not going to put a reel and a hose on there where I'm going to walk around and spray yards. It's just going to be for me to hold water with a hose on it and potentially a little uh, motor. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm going to do the gravity fed one or just get a little motor to pump it out faster. But basically it's just going to be filled with 200 gallons of water. So on the fly, when we need to fill up our backpack sprayers and my ride on spreader sprayer, I can just fill that up on the fly throughout the day. Um, and then we can just keep it going. So if I had a tank in a dump bed insert, I would never be able to use that dump bed insert properly. I would never be able to lift the dump bed insert unless I like bolted the, this, this tank, you know, to the dump insert. And that, that, that's just, that just doesn't seem as practical to me. And I didn't want to go through all that. Um, and it just doesn't, it just doesn't sound right. So, but with the truck me, what it's just a tarp system. So I can have the tank all the way up against that back window there, um, of the bed because I have an eight foot bed, I'll still have a good five feet or more of the bed left, you know, after the, the, uh, tank ends. So I could pull the tarp up to the tank. And I was thinking about building like a little wall, just put like a, some plywood there to kind of box in the tank, obviously cut some holes out there to get the hose through and whatnot, but kind of box in the tank. So this way I kind of have like a, like, you you ever see those trailers that people build, um, that are kind of like dual purpose trailers. There's a trailer, there's a like half of the trailer is free to load equipment. The other half has like a an actual dump bed that goes like sideways and it dumps out sideways so that you can still have material to dump, but also carry your equipment. That's a good genius idea that someone came up with a, a while back for trailers. Um, this is kind of like the similar, my version of that philosophy, right? There, there's something that doesn't really exist for your truck beds. Uh, for, for, you know, a heavy duty truck anyway, maybe for a dump truck or whatever. But for my situation, um, this is why I thought that way. So I can have, I can still dump, but still carry a tank and maybe throw some equipment in there at the same time, separate from the section where I would have the tarp laid out and put debris and material, you know, from trimming shrubs and all that. And then at the end of the day or the end of the week, I can just hit the button and unload that five or six foot or whatever section of debris that's stacked up four feet high or whatever, just dump that out and I can keep it moving and still have the other stuff in the front part of the truck bed. So hopefully that all makes sense. That's kind of my plan and thinking of that. Again, finding my sweet spot, my smaller yards that don't require a ton of that kind of stuff. And then moving on to leaf removal in the fall, the next fall, when that comes up, uh, yeah, I can box that up and, and create, you know, put, put a top obviously and box it out and get like a, a smaller um, leaf vac for the smaller yards that, you know, that I would normally just bag them up with my mower. And some of them take a long time. It's a lot of bags. Uh, to empty into the truck bed and so on, or bag them with a plastic bag and throw away later. All those things are fine, but it takes more time than just blowing them in massive piles and sucking them up. Uh, so some of some of the properties we have are so big that I have to I have to re- I have to uh, refer that work out to some other guys uh, again that I that I know my peers and mentors that have big dump truck and trailer setups. 
for the leaf season, for leaf season, and they have the big, the, the huge, you know, billy goat vax and all that, and they can just come by and suck the piles up in 15 to 20 minutes and charge me whatever they charge me, and then I just add that on top of the price that I give, that I charge my, my client for that, you know, in addition to the time for, for us to blow all the beds out and get everything in a big pile to the curb for the other company to come by and suck it up. But rather than invest in that whole setup for those few yards, I would, I'm sticking with the, the setup that I have now with truck me so that the smaller yards, like I said, that I normally would bag up with my side bagger on my grandstand Toro grandstand mower, instead of doing all that, I can just, uh, you know, use that for the smaller yards that only need a little bit, like the ones that I can suck them up in two or four bags, you know, like only empty in the bags once or twice. I'll do that. And the ones that it's like the ones where I had to empty it a ton, those are the ones that we can blow to the curb, suck them up you know, get them in the bed and we're good to go. And I can just dump them out, you know, at the end of the day or the end of the week when it's all filled up, just like we do with any other materials, just like we do with mulch and so on. You don't use the side conveyor for dumping. You just take that off. And, you know, when it's that time of year and then you could just go ahead and, you know, you're going to box that in anyway for leaves. So you just put a big old, you know, back door type thing to uh, act as a tailgate and to complete the whole box out, you know, situation for your leaf box so that you can blow all the suck up the leaves and blow them all into that box and they stay in there until you dump it out so that's the plan and my year-round thinking for truck me and that just goes that's just i use that example as how i'm finding my sweet spot and how that works for me and obviously isn't going to work for everyone and may not work for a lot but it will work for some including me so anyway that's that's kind of my thinking on that hopefully that all makes sense and then last but not least, before we wrap the show up today, is going to service agreements only. I have talked about this in the past, um, how I'm kind of getting fed up with all the people that contact you during different times of year, right? Like uh, for, let's say, mulch season is, is a big one, um, shrubs and aeration, right? Those are Those are key times where people can contact you for these one-time type services, right? These services are things that like kind of anyone can do. Like, in fact, every year I see it, uh, every year I see people driving around in a pickup truck, like a really like rundown old beat up pickup truck loaded with mulch. And like, you know, it's like riding on the back tires, you know, because it's just too much mulch for that truck. It's not even a heavy duty truck or whatever. And they just drive up and down neighborhoods looking for somebody that needs mulch. And they go and they ring the bell and say, Hey, you guys want some mulch? We got a good price on mulch. And they probably make a good amount of money, but they're probably charging less than I would charge and a lot of the other guys would charge because they're they're just kind of driving around, just dumping off mulch wherever they can find it. It's it's And it's easier to do something like that for a short period of time than to commit to mowing someone's lawn for the whole year and, you know, are treating their yards and you need a license and, uh, you know, uh, insurance, all, all these different things, you know, that you're supposed to equipment and all that. That's a lot more of an investment for folks like myself that are, are that are have a company to encompass all of these services versus the guy that just wants to make, you know, some extra money on the weekends doing mulch. The same thing with shrubs. You know, people I don't see people driving around trimming shrubs, but I get a lot of people contacting me for their overgrown shrubs that like they're getting a letter or their neighbors are complaining or they're getting a late letter from their HOA homeowner association complaining that their bushes are out of control and they're like, you know covering their front windows and they're just out of control and like, Oh man, I really got to get that cut. And they contact you and they want that one-time hack job. And while that is for someone and it was for me at one point, it's, it's not for me now. The, the, the deal is my company, my business has gotten to the point and the size that I just don't have the time or the tolerance to spend that kind of time and energy on cleaning up people's properties one time for not for for no kind of continued services like i just don't want to do that because unless they're right next to or in the same neighborhood they were already in and they were referred by everybody and their mother or something you know it's then that's more of kind of like a you know um keeping my name um you know uh keeping my reputation up type thing so like i just you know i definitely want to uh, make sure that I follow through and, and do that. But those are more one-offs. But the people that just call out of the blue wherever and they're like, hey, can you just, and they're not really anywhere that you normally are. I'm all about route density also. So that's another thing that's just a precursor. Like if you're not in the neighborhoods that we're already in, I'm not even going to humor the idea of cleaning up your shrubs one time or putting mulch down one time or aerating your and seeding your lawn one time. 
if you're in our neighborhoods, then, you know, that's something that I did start to entertain, but now I'm to the point where I'm only going to do those services if you sign up for our yearly regular services, because it's just too much time, like I said, and energy to invest. And it takes me away from my regular clients because it's more work because it's a one-time cleanup. Their, their bushes are out of control. It's going to take you hours to clean it up. Um, they, you know, their yard is just like complete disaster and dirt and dry as a bone. And you're going to, you're trying to aerate it and it takes you forever because you're going over it a million times and all this stuff. And, you know, they didn't listen, they don't have irrigation, whatever, but they, they want to start, you know, they want to start from scratch. They want you to aerate and seed so that they can put their sprinklers out and try and get it growing and whatnot. But it's just like the worst case scenario for aerating, you know, and seeding this random person's yard that you don't know anything about. You haven't taken care of it the whole year at all. And the same thing with mulch, you know, like it could be their mulch beds are a complete disaster, full of weeds. They want you to clean it all up and whether they want it, whether they're going to pay what you want or not, you know, even if they do, which you shouldn't do it if they don't. But I mean, like, yeah, what what I mean is, okay, you're charging them all this money to do all this stuff, but it's taking you a lot more time away from, you know, marketing your company, uh, you know, your regular clients that you already have that you're doing stuff for. It just really just kind of takes you all away and distracts you from what you should be doing. If that person is not going to be your, my regular client, I don't want to tell anyone what to do. So I don't want to say your client, this person is not going to be my client regular client, meaning they have to sign up for mowing or fertilization weed control or both. One of those two regular services. Otherwise, we're not doing the quote unquote, what I would call add on, you know, uh, maintenance services like mulch, uh, shrubs and aeration and seeding. Those are three big ones that people always contact you for one offs. And the uh, not so much the shrubs, but the mulch and the aeration are, are two big ones that random people on the weekends can just do. You can easily get a truck, you know, or even a truck and a trailer rent aerators, you know, or pick up some mulch and get some wheelbarrows and shovels and just go to town. It's really easy, like very, very minimal barrier of entry for those kind of services. And those people aren't offering, hey, well, we'll mow your lawn too for the whole year because that's a lot bigger time and money investment there. Um, but even still, um, it's a low barrier of entry for that too versus when you get into fertilization and weed control and things that you need licenses and certifications for and all that. Um, so I, I just want to, I, I've just gotten burned so many times, gotten stressed out, exhausted, and actually have been taken away from my regular work, my regular clients, like, oh, having to push them back as sad as that sounds like, oh, you know, we'll have to come back tomorrow because wh whoever contacted me and was like, hey, can you, and they were in, in the area that we were already in. Yeah, we'll knock this out, but it took an extra hour or something. And now it's dark and, you know, we, we just couldn't get to the, to, to the other job or the last property or whatever the deal is. So it's just, it just took, it just was not, it, it never worked out for me. Like I, unless they signed up, like I said, for the regular services, it was just more of a headache than needed to be. So from now on going forward, I started doing this last year, but I'm going to do it hundred percent this year. If anyone con so if anyone has contacted me for mulch this year, I asked them, um, if, if they were interested in any of the other services, if they said no, then I politely declined and referred them to somebody else. But if they did want to sign up for mowing or fertilization, weed control or both, then I would absolutely give them a quote for mulch. And I went into that. And that's exactly what happened. We, we've picked up a few clients already this year and they wanted the whole gamut. You know, they want mowing, fertilization, they want their mulch beds cleaned up and put some fresh mulch down. Some of them want their bushes. You know, I recommend, hey, do you want us to trim your bushes too? It looks like they need to be trimmed. It should be done now before we put the fresh mulch down. So it looks 100% clean and good to go until the summer when the bushes grow again after the spring growth. So there's no sense of putting fresh mulch down now. And then we, you know, you decide you want to trim your bushes in a week or two from now or a month or so from now, and that's going to be just messing up the fresh mulch. So we've done that as well. And, and I'm perfectly fine with that. You know, we've, we've spent like four or five hours on a property, you know, like even the guy's like, wow, well, that was quite the cleanup. Hopefully they're happy. That was like almost like an overhaul of the whole property, you know, because we clean all the weeds out, edging the beds, trimming all the shrubs and putting fresh mulch down, you know, and then we're going to mow the lawn and fertilize it and all that stuff. Um, when this, you know, as the season progresses. So it's, those are the kind of things that I'm looking for because it's going to make me more money in the end. And it's going to be easier for me to maintain those yards, uh, over time. And I just want that client loyalty. I want that client base, not those one-time customers. I have not said this enough, but recently I have said this, that the difference between customers and clients are customers are transactional clients are relational. 
So clients are going to build a relationship with you and they're going to keep wanting to purchase more services from you regularly. Customers are a one-time transaction. Hey, can you put down some mulch? Hey, can you trim these overgrown bushes? Hey, can you just aerate and seed my yard? How much is that? Can you give me the cheapest price? Like those are customers. I don't want customers unless they're, I can convert them to clients. That's just the mentality that I'm at now, seven years into it, been there, done that, gone through all these things. Nothing good ever comes out of uh, what I, what you know, of taking on those kind of people unless they are converted to clients. And even still, sometimes they're those cheap ass clients that you don't even want. And they're the bottom 20. You got to dissolve that bottom so that you can fill up the top and you just keep moving forward. And that's, that's how you get your company and your business growing and you get that, that good branding out there and you're happy and less stressed. And that's all I got for you guys today. Uh, uh, over an hour in here, hopefully there was some good information and um, I will see you guys on the next episode. This is Lawn Care Rookie signing off. I just wanted to take a moment to thank today's show sponsor, The Ramp Rack. I personally have used The Ramp Rack for one whole season. It's been a game changer for my business. If you're looking to level up your lawn maintenance business, mowing crews, instead of pulling a trailer through all these tight neighborhoods, you can be super efficient time-saving, just going from yard to yard, neighborhood to neighborhood without pulling a trailer, everything on your truck, utilizing the ramp rack. I've got a few different videos on my YouTube channel, LCR Lawn Care Rookie. You can check those out. Also, the ramp rack does a phenomenal job on their, on their website, giving all kinds of information, pictures. You can reach out to them with questions. Go ahead and check out the ramp rack if you are looking to level up your lawn maintenance business like I did. All of their information and links are in the show notes. Hey guys, before you head out, if you could do me a quick favor and go on the podcasting app that you're listening to this episode on and click follow or subscribe, it would mean a lot. Thanks. Mr. Producer here, and if you're enjoying Naylor's podcast, I recommend you head on over to his YouTube channel at LCR and see what else he's doing for the community and become a part of the LCR Media Network. Just click join next to the subscribe button and you'll have instant access to exclusive training videos, a private Facebook group to network with other members, and live streams with Naylor. You'll get access to every YouTube video before anybody else does, and you can even schedule Zoom one-on-one video calls with the Lawn Care Rookie and talk about anything you may need help with in your business, like best types of equipment, going part-time to full-time, how to get the best route density, finding your ideal clients, finding employees, or just anything else you need help with. Again, all of this exclusive access is for LCR Media Network members only. Just click join next to the subscribe button on the LCR YouTube channel and be a rookie for life. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.